Hello and welcome back, everybody. We are here with Chapter 5, reading of Light of the Jedi. This is Noah from the First Galactic Podcast. Podcast. And we're going to get right into it. Um, actually, no, we're not. Before we do, I want to give you guys a little laugh. I uh, opened up the book today and saw a sticky note. Usually it's blank. Today it said butter cookie. So good job for everybody who got the code phrase right. And congratulations to our big winner. It was announced on our Instagram page. Um, in addition to that, I saw someone else's Instagram post about how uh, they're reading this book. I think they finished the first three chapters and they thought it was kind of confusing. And I deeply resonated with that. And I thought maybe that was just me reading it out loud and not um, internalizing it enough. But it's good to hear that I have more people than just myself that are a little confused by this book. Um, I'm enjoying it. And I like the cliffhangers, but a little confusing at times. So thank you to everyone who has stuck with us so far. We're going to get right into Chapter 5. Hetzel Prime in Orbit. 80 minutes to impact. Bell Zetifar felt the first licks of atmosphere touch the craft. Their vector didn't have a name, not officially. All the ships were basically the same, and in theory, interchangeable among their Jedi operators. But he and his master always used the same one, with the scoring along the wings from an ion storm they'd once flown through. The pattern looked like little starbursts. I hope it's... uh, Pink Starburst. And so Bell, only in his mind, never spoke aloud, calling their ship the Nova. The vectors were as minimally designed as a starship could be. Little shielding, almost no weaponry, very little computer assistance. Okay, what the heck? What is the point of this ship? Their capabilities were defined by their pilots. Okay, so you have to use the force, basically. The Jedi were the shielding, the we- yep, the weaponry, the mines that calculated that the vessel could achieve and where it could go. Vectors were small, nimble. A fleet of them together was a sight to behold, the Jedi inside coordinating their movements via the Force, achieving a level of precision no droid or ordinary pilot could match. So, once again, I'm correct. I said it was the Force, and I should have read- wrote this book. They looked like a flock of birds, or perhaps fallen leaves swirling in a gust of wind, all drawn in the same direction, linked together by some invisible connection, some force, if you will. Bell had seen an exhibition on Coruscant once as part of the temple's outreach programs. 300 vectors moving together, gold and silver darts shining in the sun above Senate Plaza. They split apart and wove into braids, and whipped past one another at incredible, impossible speed most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. People called it a drift. A drift of vectors. But now the Nova was flying alone, with just two Jedi aboard. Him, Jedi Apprentice Bell Zetifar. Okay, so once again we got his name. We've got two, we've got a Jedi and a Jedi Apprentice now, names that we know in this book. Uh, so him, Jedi Apprentice Bell Zetifar. And up ahead in the pilot seat, his master, Loden Greatstorm. Okay, another Jedi. The Jedi contingent aboard the Third Horizon had split up, vectors heading to locations all over the system. There were too many tasks to be accomplished and too little time. Their destination was the largest inhabited planetary body, Hetzel Prime, 
their assignment, vague but crucial, help. So basically, uh, Hetzel Prime sent out an SOS. Bell glanced out the viewport to see the curve of the world below, green and gold and blue. A beautiful place, at least from this height, down on the surface, he suspected things might be different. Drive signatures from starships could be seen all the way to the horizon, a mass exodus of vessels heading off-world. The Nova and a few other vectors and Republic long beams he could see here he could see here and there were the only ships heading inward to the planet. Entering the atmosphere, Bell, Loden said, not turning. You ready? You know I love this part, Master, Bell said, but what he really said was this is where the fun begins. Great Storm chuckled. The ship dived or fell. It was hard to tell the difference. A roar filtered in from outside as space transitioned to atmosphere. The precision manufactured leading edges of the vector's wings sliced the air as finely as any blade, but even they encountered some resistance. The Nova tore its way through the highest levels of Hetzel Prime's atmosphere. No, not tore. Loden Greatstorm was too fine a pilot for that. Some Jedi use their vectors that way, but not him. He wove the craft, sliding through the air currents, riding them down, letting the ship become just another part of the interplay of gravity and wind above the planet's surface. The ship wanted to fall, and Greatstorm let it. It was exhilarating, deadly, unsurvivable, and the vector was designed to transmit every last vibration and shimmy to the Jedi inside so they could let the Force guide them to the best response. Bell clenched his hands into fists. His face stretched into a grin. Okay, pause for a second. One, catch my breath, take a sip of water. And two, why have we never seen this kind of technology in Star Wars before? This seems like old technology. Why have we not seen it? Weird. Okay. Spectacular, he said without thinking. His master laughed. Nothing to it, Bell, Loden said. I just pointed us at the planet. Gravity's handling the rest. A long gliding curve, smooth like the bend of a river, and then the Nova straightened out, now close enough to the planet's surface that Bell could make out buildings, vehicles, and other smaller features below. It looked so peaceful. No indication of the disaster in progress in the system. Nothing but the increasing number of ships launching from the surface. Where should we put down? Bell said. Did Master Chris tell you? It was left to our discretion, Great Storm replied, glancing to one side, his profile dark, craggy, mountain-like, his twi-like, leku, sweeping back from his skull. Okay, Master Great Storm is a twi-like. His eyes tackled the drive trails from the ongoing planetary evacuation. We help any way we can. But it's a whole planet. How will we know where to... You tell me, kid, Loden said. Find me somewhere to go. Training, Bell asked. Training. Loden Greatstorm's philosophy as a teacher was very simple. If Bell was theoretically capable of something, even if Loden could do it ten times as fast and a hundred times more skillfully than Bell, skillfully, then Bell would end up doing that thing, not Loden. If I do everything, no one learns anything, his master was fond of saying. So he's a great master. You have to uh, learn by doing and not by uh, letting someone do it for you. Loden didn't have to do everything, 
but Bell would have been fine if occasionally he did something. Being the apprentice to the great, <laughs> to the great, great storm was an endless gauntlet of impossible tasks. He had been training at the Jedi Temple for 15 of his 18 years, and it had never been easy, but being Loden's Padawan was on an entirely different level. Every day, without exception, pushed him to his limits. Any personal time Bell ever got was spent desperately collapsing into the deepest sleep of his life until it all began again. Dude, sounds like he's in military school. But he was learning. He was better now than he was even six months ago at everything. Bell knew what his master wanted him to do. Another impossible task. But he was a Jedi. Or getting there. And through the Force, all things were possible. He closed his eyes and opened his spirit. And there it was. The small light within him that never stopped burning. Always at least a candle flame. And sometimes, if he concentrated, it could surge up into a blaze. A few times, he'd felt as bright as the sun. So much lighting, so much light pouring through him, he was afraid he might go blind. Honestly, though, it didn't matter. From spark to inferno, any connection to the force chased away the shadows. Bell delved into the light within himself, feeling for the connection points to other life, other repositories of the force on the planet below. Very near to him, he felt a source of great power and energy. It was currently blanked. Wow, currently banked like coals in a fire, but enormous reservoirs of strength were clearly available if needed. This was his master, Loden. Bell pushed on past him. He was looking for something else. There, like a long-distance hollow coming into focus when the signal finally gained enough strength. The force web connecting the minds and spirits of Hetzel Prime's billions snapped into Bell's mind wasn't entirely a clear picture, more like impressions, a map of emotional zones not so different from the patchwork of cropland flashing, flashing along far below the Nova. This made me think of uh, when Obi-Wan's looking for the planet, and then um, the youngling shows him. I'm thinking of like the how that map looked, like that's kind of like the connection of the Force, or like when you see... like like a, um, a mapping of neural pathways of the brain. That's kind of what I'm envisioning right now. Mostly, what he sensed was panic and fear, emotions the Jedi worked very hard to purge from themselves. According to the teachings, a true Jedi's only contact with fear was supposed to be sensing it in other beings, a common enough experience. Bell had felt those reflected emotions many times, but always alongside love and hope and surprise and many shades of joy, the spectrum of feelings inher inherent in all beings. I'm going to pause right here. I want to check how many pages we've got left in this chapter, see if we should keep going. Oh, we've only got two. Yeah, we're going to finish this chapter out today, guys. Page 38, top of the page. Well, usually. On Hetzel Prime at this moment, it pretty much was just panic and fear. Bell wasn't surprised. He'd heard the evacuation order. System scale disaster in progress. I guess I should read that like a droid or something. System scale disaster in progress. All beings are immediately ordered to depart the Hetzel system by any available means and remain at a minimum safe distance. That was my best uh, droid impersonation, I guess. No explanation, no warning, and the math had to be obvious to everyone. Billions of people and clearly not enough starships to evacuate all of them. Who wouldn't panic? On a world seething with that sort of negative energy, 
it was hard to think of what two Jedi would be able to accomplish. But Loden Greatstorm had set Bell a task, and so he continued to reach out, seeking a place they could help. Something, a knot of tension, coiled, dense, a conflict, question, a feeling of things not being as they should, a sense of injustice. Bell opened his eyes. East, he said. If there was injustice out there, well, they would bring justice. The Jedi were justice. The Nova banked, accelerating smoothly under Loden's control. Bell's master did not let him fly occasionally. Excuse me, did let him fly occasionally. The ship can be controlled from either seat, but the vectors required almost as much skill to handle as a lightsaber. Under the circumstances, Bell was happy to let Loden take the lead. Instead, he served as navigator, using his still strong connection to the Force to guide their vector toward the area of intense conflict he had sensed, calling out directions to Loden, fine-tuning the ship's path. We should be directly above it, Bell said, whatever it is. I see it, Loden said, his voice clipped tight. Ordinarily, his words carried a smile, even with when delivering a brutal critic, critique, wow, I can't even talk, a brutal critique of Bell's Jedi scholarship. Not now. Whatever Bell was sensing, he knew Master Greatstorm could feel it too, and probably on a more intense level. Down on the surface, just below where the vector circled, people were going to die. Maybe they already had. Loden banked the ship again as he flew in a tight circle, giving them both a clear look at the ground through the trans transperisteel okay transperisteel of the nova nova's cockpit bubble a hundred meters below was a compound of some kind walled large not enormous probably the home of a wealthy individual or family rather than a government facility a huge crush of people surrounded the walls focused around the gates a single glance gave bell the reason Docked inside the compound was a large starship. It looked like a pleasure yacht, big enough to comfortably hold 20 or 30 passengers plus crew. That can't be that big of a pleasure yacht. That's not many people. And if the passengers didn't care about comfort, the yacht could probably cram in 10 times, there we go, 10 times that many people. The ship had to be visible from ground level. Its hull protruded above the compound walls, and people crowding the gates clearly thought it was their only way off-world. Armed guards posted on the walls at all sides seemed to feel differently. As Bell watched, a blaster bolt shot into the air from the gate. A warning shot, thankfully, but it was clear that the time for warnings were rapidly coming to an end. The tension in the crowd was mounting, and you didn't need to be a Jedi to tell. Why aren't they letting the people in? Bell asked. The ship could get plenty of them to safety. Let's find out, Loden said. He flipped a toggle switch to his control panel. The cockpit bubble slid smoothly back, vanishing into the Nova's hull. Loden turned back, smiling, the wind whipping past them both, sending Loden's leku. It's got to be like a little ear things, the twilight ear things. Sending Loden's leku and Bell's dreadlocks. Oh, Bell's got dreadlocks. Streaming out from their heads. See you down there, he said. Remember, gravity does most of the work. <laughs> and then he jumped out. All right, 
That's the end of uh, chapter five. We're gonna pick up on chapter six, page forty next week. Um, you know, I can't say it's much of a cliffhanger per se, but uh, we've got some Jedi jumping to this compound where this uh, uh, big yacht is at, and they may go save some people. So that's some excitement. It's not the cliffhanger that I guess we are used to reading when it comes to this book, but I'll take it. Everybody, thank you for, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, thank you for listening. And um, this is Noah from the First Galactic Podcast, podcast, and we will see you next time.